The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Alright, welcome in guys to a Hoopball presentation. This is the Hoopball Celtics podcast. You can follow us on Twitter for show drops and updates at Hoopball Celtics. I am the host, Patrick Lounsbury, Celtics enthusiast. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Ball and Opinions. That's B-A-L-L-I-N-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-S for anything Celtics related. The Celtics today... Welcome back, Jason Tatum, after missing last game due to an illness. Not COVID-related, but fall short as the Bucks come away with a 121-119 victory as Daniel Tice just missed a three-point shot with uh, one second left in the game. I will be going over some of the good things I saw in this game, some of the bad, and some final thoughts as well. Just going to hop into some of the good things we saw in this game. Um, at the 9.55 mark of the first quarter... I thought Smart did a good job of displaying his playmaking ability by drawing two defenders and dumping off a beautiful pass to Daniel Tice for an easy two-handed flush. Something I've always loved about Marcus Smart's game is, and something that I feel has always been overlooked is his ability to pass the ball and his basketball IQ on the offensive end. He's a good enough player, especially on the defensive end, but on the offensive end he has a lot of things that he does for the Celtics and also I, I just wanted to highlight it with him being in a lot of the trade rumors um, of what how important he is to this team what they rely on him for he puts this team on his back as far as organizing them on offense and defense vocally so hopefully you know if they do end up parting with Marcus Smart they're getting back somebody who can fill a playmaking type role but um, I'm not 100% sure how that's going to go down. Tice also had a crazy block on Giannis at the 841 mark of the first quarter. He just stood with him, uh, made sure he stayed shoulder-shoulders, lined up, played good defense. Giannis went up, and he blocked Giannis, and Giannis came back down with the ball. They ended up doing a jump ball out of it. Daniel Tice stayed nice and solid. thought Daniel Tice did a good job defensively tonight especially in that situation in the first quarter. Jalen Brown was off to a pretty hot start. 14 points in that first quarter. Getting it done in many ways was getting floaters to drop, really attacking the paint, getting easy layups, uh, getting into the post, catching over the top of his defender and, and getting some easy buckets. Was also able to hit a couple outside shots, so... Real nice start from Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum on the other hand had himself a slow start in this one. Thought, uh, you know, that was like a per usual thing for him. He's at times been able to be a lot better on the offensive side in the beginning, but tonight he just was not. He was he was not doing it. He was not cooking it. He finished the game off though, seven of nineteen, so eighteen points, eight rebounds. He did have five assists, which was nice and encouraging. Um, then he had Kevin Walker and Marcus Smart with six assists as well. So just the starters were really getting the ball moving around and and, and causing more open looks, and that's a big reason why I think they even had a chance in this game was was their ball movement has been really good as of lately. They just really have a lot of defensive things to fix. 
Robert Williams was having a lot of good moments in this game. His activity in the first half, he was fighting for offensive rebounds and putting, getting putbacks, getting easy buckets. That's what you need from him. The hustle plays. That's you know, abuse him with athleticism. Prove him. You know he's six eight, but he can jump out of the building. He was really good around the rim, able to get those second opportunities, helping the Celtics kind of stay within. Because uh, I mean, Jesus, the Bucks did not miss shots. It seemed like in the beginning, they were just hitting a variety of looks from beyond the arc and it wasn't just like one person was killing them it was everybody was hitting jumpers so in order for boston to really keep up with them they had to to really take advantage of of second opportunities uh, whenever they missed and i thought robert williams did a good job of fighting for those boston was taking advantage of of the books getting more loose with the basketball in that late third quarter as they get easy transition opportunities the, the Bucks really had a big lead, and I thought Boston did a good job just staying with it. Bucks kind of took their foot off the gas, and, and Boston made a play. Uh, Celtics went back in transition. They got some open threes and started hitting shots down, finding some rhythm, and they clawed themselves back into the game. And, and next thing you know, they're, they're, um, they're able to have a chance down the line. Um, they had a really good run. In the third quarter, uh, 16 and three, Rob Williams was making the Bucks really pay because they decided to sit Robin Lopez and Giannis during that stretch. So you you can just imagine how fast Bud finally was like, you know what, 16 and three run, yeah, I'm calling a timeout. So that was the big reasoning I think for them calling back was it seemed like the Bucks played with their food in a sense of of letting. Boston come back from 25 points down. That's a huge 13-point swing. You know, you get Boston back within 12 points going into a fourth quarter. And that's a lot more achievable for a comeback than than being going into a fourth quarter with like an 18, 20-point deficit. So I thought the Celtics did a good job of just staying with it and and trying to find it. I thought Kemba Walker was also great in that third quarter. Uh, comeback he had 14 points and six and nine from the field he had really a, a very bad start of the night but he finished off actually nine of 18 and had 23 points in those six assists was five of nine from deep so i thought kemba walker turned his his half around from the first half um extremely well he he wasn't great in the beginning but definitely turned it on in the second half Celtics started to hit shots, cause turnovers to give themselves a a fighter's chance down that stretch. But ultimately, Daniel Tice had a look at with one second left, and it just went in and out. I did think on the play he should have not have faded. He had Robin, or not Robin, sorry, Brooke Lopez was closing out pretty aggressively and probably would have fouled Daniel Tice had Daniel Tice just went straight up and really landed normal and who knows what would happen there you know maybe you get three free throws maybe since you're not fading the shot goes down I'm not sure but ultimately he fades on the three-point shot misses it and Celtics end up taking that 121 to 119 loss uh, that's that's as far as uh, some of the good things go. I will shout out Jeff T played really well again back to back games. He played 17 minutes. He used five of seven from the field. 
three of four from deep and 15 points on the night. Did a good job there. Jalen Brown was was solid overall, 24 points, 10 rebounds on 10 of 16 shooting, 4 of 7 from downtown. Celtics played relatively well tonight and, and did a lot of good things. Um, the, the starters all got into double digits. But ultimately, I think the offense of the Milwaukee Bucks was just a little too much. And going into some of the bad things, I, I wanted to point out that I thought the perimeter defense for Boston was an issue early on. I mean, you you got you got to find a way to slow down the Bucks early on, and, and Milwaukee was just really hitting everything. So the best way that you need to do that you got to challenge the Bucks and play more up into guys. Cause the Bucks to work more. The Bucks went five and ten from the three point line in that first quarter, and their first six overall three pointers of the game were all from someone different. There's no way you should be letting a team get that comfortable. I understand that you know they're moving the ball and everything, but some of these shots were were just like the defender just wasn't into them. You gotta get up into them, make make people feel uncomfortable, make them drive, make them press the issue. Not there's no way that all of them are able to drive past you know and get to the rim with ease. Make them go into the paint and challenge Robert Williams or Daniel Tice. Like I I love to see that the the Celtics just get more up into guys. I thought they were playing a lot soft on on the perimeter and thought they could have really initiated a lot more aggression. So hopefully moving forward they can get the aggression going. Uh the uh, Kemba Walker had a rough start. Uh first 10 minutes of the game, he had zero points. He was 0-3 from the field and had a turnover. But as I spoke in some of the good stuff, he ended up turning that around, which was really good. Uh Bucks were uh, seemingly working harder than the Celtics in the set late of the second quarter, where the gap really started to, to get big. Get, they were just getting every offensive rebound, every loose ball, all those 50-50 plays. The Celtics didn't have that hustle, it seemed like, and they were getting out out hustled a lot by the Bucks. Do you gotta show the energy? I think that's just the intensity. There were some points where I just felt the Celtics' defense was very flat-footed and not committed to getting stops and that's just not acceptable and you're going to put yourself into these deficits of 25 points if you continue to have that type of intensity on the defensive side of the ball um so hopefully that's something that can clean up there was a an injury to semi ojale he left the game after he collided with drew holiday in the second quarter with what is being called a left left hip contusion. So um, that's something to monitor. We'll be monitoring that as we move forward. Still no, uh, uh, where was it? No Tristan Thompson tonight uh, due to COVID-related reasons, uh, protocol. And also uh, no Romeo Langford still. Uh, Aaron Neesmith did not play tonight. Coach's decision, uh, so we saw only four minutes of Peyton Pritchard, 17 minutes of Jeff Teague. We had 20 minutes of Rob Williams, 19 minutes of Grant Williams. And all the starters played over 30 minutes. Tatum uh, with the most at 38. Smart at 37, so it's nice to see him off that restriction. Smart really struggled, though, from the field tonight. 3 of 13, 2 of 10 from deep. 
only 12 points. He did good uh, with the assist, but it was this was a shooting night where he probably should have stopped shooting. I know a lot of his looks were really clean and open, and, and Marcus Smart has been known to to still like turn it on after having a bad slumping night. But man, two of ten from downtown is is definitely a tough pill to swallow and could have used some more production out of him maybe if he was a more aggressive trying to get to the you know rim and, and, and maybe draw a foul or something get some points at the free throw line that would have been really nice as well speaking of the free throw line uh Celtics were pretty good at t- they were 10 for 10 they didn't miss one free throw 10 shots 10 makes and then you had the Bucks over here at 14 out of 20 so they doubled the amount Put more pressure on them as far as free throws went. Celtics players need to get back get back on defense. Uh, there was times in this game uh, that they had felt that they got fouled, and even if they, you did get fouled or you didn't get fouled, it doesn't really matter. But uh, the fact is, like if you're gonna complain, you you better be have your complaint but but try to address it during like a timeout or a loose you know like an out of bounds you know inbound pass or something because they'd be complaining a lot of the time and there's moments where they complained and a shooter was open on the other side and they give up a three-pointer and that's just something that's not acceptable the defense is already bad enough and then having somebody starting to complain and not get back on defense, giving up easy buckets is just not going to win you basketball games. And there's a few moments tonight that the Celtics did that. I thought Kemba Walker showed a lot of frustration in not getting some calls, which is surprising for a guy with his type of personality. Um, Jason Tatum, per usual, seems to always have something to say to the ref as far as not getting a call going his way. Jalen Brown, uh, not so much tonight, but he can at times. So just take the initiative of some calls are going to get called and some calls aren't. And they got to get back into that next play mode and not let the fact of a foul being called or not called affect the way that they get back on defense. I thought they need to take a better initiative of of just hustling back and what can they do to to make up for you know that foul? I mean, you can always keep keep pushing the initiative and force the refs to eventually make that call, but they they're not gonna make. Sometimes they're gonna miss the calls. They're human. That's how it is, you know. And if sometimes you you didn't get fouled and you thought you did, so just get back on defense. I hate I hate when people sit there and cry to the refs. It's it's one of the reasons, and I, I love Luka Doncic as a player, and I think he has an incredible feel for the game. But on the other hand, is sometimes when you watch him, it's just he is over there crying to the refs and refs and refs for calls. And I, I'm starting to see a lot of that in some of the Celtics players lately, and it's just like, come on, let's, let's – all right, cool. We didn't get the call, get back on defense, work hard, get the ball back, and make something happen. So – Celtics gave up 70 points in the first half. Jeez. And Giannis only had four points. So you're not going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks if you're not going to hold them to within a reason. 70 points in the first half. That's insane. Like, 
you just don't win basketball games that way. That's just that's just not how it's going to end up falling for you. The Celtics had 59 first half points, which is really good. But the fact that you went into half 11 points down because you gave up 70 is very concerning as far as your defensive goes. Uh, I fairly felt like the Bucks kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half, but the Celtics still gave up 51 points in the second half to whereas they they really turned it up and went and got themselves 60 points in that second half. So outscored the the Bucks by 9 points in the second half. So they did good there. Um what's it called? Thought the Bucks opened up the third quarter on a on a 9-0 run uh to extend that lead to 20 points. That was, you know, you got to come out of Coming out of a halftime, you should have a game plan to execute better and play better on defense. So, after giving up 70 points in the first half, and opening up the second half with a 9-point run against you is just concerning. Like, what what's going on with the defense? Are we... Is the game plan not working? Are we not putting the energy forth to do it? Are we not executing? Um, just a lot of big red flags and, and concerns. And this is kind of how the season's been with these inconsistencies. And in, in watching the Celtics is, where is the identity of this team right now? Are we, this team, the Boston Celtics used to be a team that's normally in the top half of the league in defense. This year, we're not in the top half of defense. So I don't know what has drastically happened. As far as like even their their starting five doesn't seem to be playing defense at a high level, are they just being asked too much on the offensive end that it's taking a hit into their defensive productivity? I'm unsure, but the, all I know is that the defense definitely needs to clean up. Um, I thought frustrations were getting the best of the Celtics in the first six minutes of that third quarter really getting irritated in general didn't do uh just didn't weren't really engaged man they were just letting their emotions like bother them and and really drag out and that's when that lead went all the way up to 25 at one point before second part of that third quarter the, the Celtics started to to rally together and start coming back also thought grant williams was getting attacked on defense at times He had uh, back-to-back possessions. One of them was um, he got blown by, easily blown by. Like no one, one dribble past him, boom. And then the other one was a three-point shot uh, uh, by Middleton, and he fouled him. It was just a, a very bad. You gotta let the shooter land, and, and he got right in the space. So Grant Williams at times. Is sometimes really solid. I, I thought he had some good moments down the stretch in the fourth quarter, but there's also times that he just you're just hoping that he he makes that extra step in his development process and is able to really take advantage of his minutes and and be more productive, especially on the defensive side of things. We need him to be better on that side of the ball, uh, especially coming off the bench. So. But that just concludes all the all the bad things we saw tonight. Overall, um, Celtics came down, played well enough to 
give themselves a chance and take advantage of the fact that the Bucks kind of played with their food a lot in this one. Um, you know, this that Daniel Tice Celtics had three opportunities in that last you know few seconds of. I don't think anybody scored what was it in the last minute and forty five. No points by either team. So. Celtics had a chance multiple times to to take that lead or even tie the game and, and just wasn't able to execute down the stretch. And that's something I wanted to go into in our final thoughts is Celtics are just continuing to struggle in late game situations. And I don't know if that's, you know, what what, what is Brad Stevens running in those situations? Are the defenses just too tight and the Celtics aren't going to be able to get good looks? I don't know. It it didn't seem like the Celtics were were executing well down that stretch, and they haven't been great in the fourth quarter. And that's just so weird because with with Brad Stevens, that's always been like an mo. Is like his teams have always been able to finish out games relatively strong. I mean, we had those seasons, especially that come to mind with uh, Isaiah Thomas. And fourth time, you know, fourth quarter IT was big shots, big shots, you know, and able to execute, get open looks and and really finish off people. And then you had the Kyrie Irving um, days where he'd go into his finishing back. Do the Celtics not have a closer right now? Is is Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Kemba Walker not closers? Um, it's It's starting to become more of a narrative of, they're not able to execute down the stretch so it's more concerning over time i know tatum has shown glimpses of it but maybe he's still a year or two away from really getting comfortable in close game situations to close it out i'm unsure so just some thoughts on on maybe the celtics need to to find who is the man in those out in those final minutes um, moving forward uh, go into some trade deadline expectations as uh, we come up on the trade deadline before the next Bucks game. Um, Celtics have been rumored around guys like Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. I know there's been reports of maybe Marcus Smart and two first-round picks for Evan Fournier and uh, Aaron Gordon. I would hope that the, if we give up Marcus Smart, um, I'd I'd rather not. I I think if we can get one of those guys without including Marcus Smart, it would be a hit for us. Um, but we definitely need a wing, or you know, some type of shoot another another like person who can fill up the stat sheet as far as scoring goes to help us on the offensive side, because if they can relieve a little bit more from our scores right now. Maybe um, we can get more out of uh, Jason and Jalen defensively if they're not as worried about carrying so much offensive load. Also puts a little bit less stress on the defense, and we get more depth. So looking looking to see what the Celtics really add. I've also liked the idea of maybe if the Celtics were to consider a George Hill, who is a veteran who can still score relatively well still have playmaking ability coming off the bench just a good bench piece i don't think there's a move out there that's super alternating that's gonna like be like wow like yeah the celtics are championship contending favorites blah 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 you know i don't know that move is necessarily out there 
I know some people want the Celtics to kind of go after like a Vucevic or, and I don't know if if how much the asking price is on Vuce right now, but I don't think that he is leaving Orlando. I think Vuce is going to end up staying in in Orlando um, past this trade deadline. Uh, I do think the Orlando Magic will have their fire sale of of Aaron Gordon and the. Uh, Evan Fournier, just a matter of which one goes where, or they might end up both on the same team. Who knows? Hopefully Boston's able to to get at least Aaron Gordon. I'd like that one. If I had to choose out of those two, I would definitely pick Aaron Gordon. I wouldn't mind Evan Fournier for, I, th- I think Evan Fournier is averaging around 19 points per game this year. Um, that's more than Kemba Walker. That'd be third highest on the team. So, it would it would be really nice piece to add, especially because you probably will be able to push Marcus Smart to the bench and and run the second unit with his playmaking. So, some other names that have uh, been tied to Celtics. Uh, it doesn't look like the Kings are are interested right now of moving Harrison Barnes, and doesn't look like Detroit is interested as far as moving uh, Jeremy Grant, which are the two other candidates that I would really like on the team. Um, as far as any other people uh, target-wise for the Celtics? Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be cool. I, I like the idea of, of Lonzo Ball, but I don't know if Lonzo Ball is really uh, as available as New Orleans ha- has made it seem. I thought when they made him available, he was not playing great, and ever since he's been playing really well. So I feel like he's he's up to his asking price for him, and I don't know if any team's going to meet that, um, especially the Celtics. And I don't even know if the Celtics are even really looking at a player like that. So um, it will be interesting, too, to see after the trade deadline of who can't get traded. Maybe there's some buyouts, and that might be something for the Celtics to explore is the buyout market. I, I'd wonder if maybe they'd consider trying to get like a LaMarcus Aldridge or Andre Drummond type player would be would be a, a reassuring piece for for the Celtics just to add for an extra a boost in the in the bench unit and everything. But yeah, just just a lot of interesting ways to to go about there. But before we wrap things up, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know to please go and give the show a follow at Hoopball Celtics on Twitter. Hit the subscribe button, rate and view, review the show. If you can find me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions, B A L L I N O P I N I O N S, I can answer anything Celtics related. Just tweet at me. Um, and And that's pretty much it, guys. So thank you guys so much. I will see you guys next episode as we welcome in. Oh, not even welcome in. We'll be visiting the Milwaukee Bucks again for a second game in in three days. And hopefully uh, the Celtics can pull out something out of this one. And um, we'll see you Friday after the game. All right. And we'll be talking about trade deadline. All right. Bye.